everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're on episode 318, an update episode. Yeah. Update episodes are our opportunity to give you the scoop about what's going on in our life, uh, specifically with reselling, what's going on in the reselling world at large, to give you some uh, some bolos of some items that uh, you know you need to be on the lookout for because they're going to sell for a lot of money or, or at least quite a bit of money. Well, at least it'll be profitable. At least... At least you'll make some money. At least. <laughs> okay, this is. We, we're be supposed on the to, there needs to be some hopium here a little bit. That's right. So the uh, somebody told us in a review we need to to say what we're talking about. So when we say bolo, the definition there is something to be on the lookout for. So when you're out sourcing, you're at garage sales, thrift stores, you're at the retail arbitrage, you're 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 hitting up the Ross, whatever you're doing. These are the types of things that you should be looking out for. Uh, because we've had success with them. And uh, as always, if you have comments, if there's specific things that you're finding recently, feel free to throw them in the comments on YouTube. So if you're not following on YouTube, uh, go ahead and do that. That's an easy way to to interact with us. So yeah, leave those comments in YouTube, what y- your bolos are, what's going on in, in your life reselling right now. We'd uh, we'd love to hear. So uh, yeah, what's what's new, man? I You know, it's it's been interesting. Uh, sales finally picked up again. Last update episode, I was talking about how things were terrible and uh, they were terrible. And, and, and not to say that things are like booming and it's, it's an interesting time for me because I'm so used to, you know, I shared this earlier before we started recording. I'm so used to being in a van. I'm so used to driving all throughout California, Arizona, going into Nevada, just doing a bunch of retail arbitrage. And this year it's just not happening. Mm. And it's not like I don't want to. I, I've actually been out there. I've checked some off-price stores. I'm I'm doing my normal thing where I'm scanning. And there are a couple hot items here and there, but it's not anything that's worth stopping everything and just sourcing those items all day. And I, I don't know what it is. Is it is it because of the overflow of inventory now that supply chain is catching up and all these off-price stores have but so much stuff. It's crazy how much stuff is out there. I'm so used to walking into a Ross and it's kind of empty. I'm so used to walking to a TJ Maxx and a Marshalls. And, and now there's a lot of stuff. And the stuff for Christmas is just coming out now. And so I don't know. But we'll talk about some of that in our reseller topics. I, I will say those sales picked up. And how did I get sales to pick up? It's just, you know, you you got to just provide deals, right? So I knew sales a lot. I, had, I ran a 30% off sale. And on top of that, I had a public coupon of 20% off. Uh, and so people were getting stuff at half off if they're smart about it. Here's the interesting thing about it, though. Even though there's a public coupon, people don't use it. It's so strange. Like, I'll get an offer that is maybe 10% off the price and I'll accept it. And I'm like, you could have just used a coupon and just gotten 20% off. Like, I, I'm not sure why people don't, or people would just pay full price. Now, is it because people don't trust it? Maybe they think there's strings attached. I don't really know. I don't know. Maybe you have an answer for that one, but I thought that was kind of weird. I accepted almost all offers. I did have some that were kind of annoying, uh, you know, that were below 50%. And I, I didn't accept those, but pretty much anything that was above 50%, I was willing to take on. 
And uh, yeah, things change. They turn around. I, again, I did have those random slow days. I, I do believe uh, eBay is, I, I don't I don't know what's going on in this part of my random story, but I guess I'll share a little bit here. But I think eBay is going through some growing pains and I can't, I have no evidence, but as far as, you know, I, have you noticed the new uh, like uh, layout when you sell something? Like on the app, like it's a, once you click on the item, like you've lost the custom skew label. Yeah. Right. You have to like keep clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking and then eventually get there. I'm like, who, who thought of this? Like who, who looked at this final product and go, this is going to be really helpful for resellers. It it helps absolutely no one. I'm not really sure why that changed my, the instant messaging on the app went away for like a week and then it came back. So I'm not sure why all this done is getting done right now in the midst of Q4. Uh, and somebody had mentioned on Discord that they feel that anytime eBay is doing any changes, like it begins to mess with the algorithm. I can't say for sure. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer that if stuff isn't selling for my store, it's just because people don't want what I have or I'm priced too high or my sell through isn't there. Uh, but things did pick up. Uh, wh- another thing, though, I found interesting. I had an opportunity to do a huge pickup at Department 56. So <laughs> somehow, due to a garage sale earlier in this year, I got connected with the Department 56 Club of San Diego. Like there's mm. full on clubs. I mean, there's a, there really is a hobby for absolutely anything you can think of. Correct, correct. Yeah. And this one, and I didn't know how, how much this was, but I guess these these clubs, they have like sales of Department 56 items that people in the club don't want anymore. And, and one person is in charge. And so if you want to make a deal, it has to be confirmed by one or two other people of the club and then you can make the deal. So I already had made a big deal. They know me. And so they contacted me and they're like, hey, you want to come out and and, you know, just check out what we have. And I was like pumped because, you know, when you're able to source a lot at one time, you're not just you know, bringing a lot of inventory, you're saving a ton of money by all the time that you're saving. And so I showed up and there was all kinds of department 56, but it was interesting because I was left to my own devices. I mean, it was in the front of the house. It was probably like a hundred pieces. And she's like, you know, I don't have to leave till six 30. It was like five o'clock. And she's like, just, you know, just let me know. And, you know, some pieces were 15 bucks, some pieces were, uh, you know, accessories were like seven and others were like 25. So it wasn't like, you know, bad pricing. The pricing was great. And I said, hey, are you willing to negotiate if I buy a lot of this? And she's like, oh, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. And I was hoping to just like walk out of there with all of it. Like I wanted to buy all of it. And then I started researching. And the the, the, the market is down. Is it is it just. Did you check Terra Peak? Like, is the market down just current? Yes. Like, it's November, October, or is it down like all year? Because I mean, once we well, end no, December, it, I feel like it picks back up, right? Tail end of November. No, it, of it's it's pretty it's pretty steady all year. Okay. So now I only I did not check Terra Peak, but I know that it used to be back in the remember back in the good old days, like you pick something over five ten dollars, and most pieces you could sell for fifty to sixty. Right. Yeah. Especially, I mean, the, the houses specifically, like the accessories, not so much, but yeah, like the bigger, the yeah. bigger houses. And-, and so I felt bad. I was out there for like 45 minutes and I told the lady like, Hey, I'm really sorry about this, but I just don't think we can make any kind of a deal today. And I said, you know, what? I, I can pick up this one and this one. There was only two pieces. 
And she's like, all right, just give me 30 bucks for those. And, and those I'll flip and I'll probably make close to 200 on those two. All right. But I felt really bad. I said, Hey, listen, I, I'm not sure what's going on, but the market's just not the same. She's like, no, we know. Like, she's like, we, we priced them. And this is, you're actually here after we had a garage sale of all these. I don't know how I missed that garage sale. <laughs> and she's like, not a lot of people picked up stuff. And then, but here's where the valuable info came in. So we started talking and she's like, do you know what the different sets are? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, okay, so Snow Village are stuff from the 50s and 60s. And those are highly collectible because a lot of people that collect the apartment 56, you know, they were kids during that time and they kind of want to reminisce with that. And so you have a lot of high-end items that do really well. This other one over here, Dickens Village, that's from the 1800s. And those, you know, they don't do as well as the Snow Village. Over here, this is Alpine Village. Alpine Village is usually stuff that's from like a German town or somewhere in the Alps. And I was like, oh. So I started learning different ones. And she's like, you know, the, the good ones are like City Life uh, is good ones. Those are the ones where you have like the baseball ones or you have like, you know, New York City and, and just stuff like that that are really pricey. And so I asked her, I said, okay, so you obviously are aware of the prices. Like, how do you know like what's valuable or not? And they just said eBay runs everything. Like it's a secondary market. So there, there is no special way of knowing it. You just, you follow eBay and she just, she said it. She said, if somebody finds something and it's not listed and they're the only one and they list it high, that now becomes a high item. It becomes something that people want and due to that scarcity, it drives things up. So she had mentioned how she was looking for this one piece of the Alpine village and it was going for like $480. And she's like, it's not a rare one. But no one's posting it for sale and only one person has it on there. So that person's going to get that $480 that they want. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, actually, okay. it, it is rare, right? I mean, if, if you're the only one listed because it's supply and demand. And so if the supply is low and the demand is high, mm -hmm. then that, that is rarity. Now, it may not have been a rare piece when it was produced. It may have been as equally produced in number as all the other pieces. Well, that was, that's what she was saying. Right. So so in the sense of, hey, this wasn't a limited edition, there should be there should be more of them posted. But what I've noticed with especially pieces like that is there potentially could be a very breakable part. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, the cross on the top of the steeple tends to break on these. And so people, they break and so they buy they buy replacements, right? So now all of a sudden there's a higher demand for this item because there's people trying to get replacements. So now there's fewer of them out there. And what was once a, you know, just as common as any other piece, now half of the supply is being used up on replacements. Mm -hmm. So now if somebody wants one, they don't have that piece, it's harder to come by. So there's a lot of things that can drive rarity besides just the original like limitation of the the print or production of the product. Yeah. And, and she, she, not only did I learn about that, but I learned that so I said, Oh, these don't have adapters. Those are pretty easy to pick up. She's like, be careful. They're very department 56 specific. It's not like you can just find a random one on Amazon. And sure enough, I started doing the research. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And so what I learned is if anybody wants to become, I don't know if you'll become wealthy, but if you want to be in a field where there's a gap and you want to fix it, private label, like department 56 adapters, <laughs> or learn how to fix some department 56 items because what makes them rare is that some of them, the mechanicals doesn't work or mm -hmm. the adapter is missing. And that's what makes it even more rare. And so I was, I was blown away. And it's interesting. I mean, she brought me to her department 56 collection, which was like the size of the studio. 
And it was just the entire department 56 village. And I was like, this is insane. And so I knew that prices were down when she said, if there's ever a time for someone to start collecting, it's now. Because this is the bottom of the market. Right. And that could just be an indication of just in general. I mean, this is one of those things we've talked about. If you're into hobbies and with inflation, you're struggling to pay bills. You're struggling to get groceries. You're struggling to the the drive to spend money on your hobby just goes down. You just, you don't have the money to spend on it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who are into that hobby, maybe not quite as seriously. They're like, man, there's, there's money in this. People, you know, are interested in these items. I'm going to sell it because I want to be able to do the things I need to do buy gas and pay my insurance and go get groceries that now cost almost twice as much as they used to cost. So people are doing those things. And so, I, I do think there it's not just department 56, but I bet it's going to be a lot of hobbies. It's going to be a flooded market of people trying to offload. If they're not like a diehard, like this is my life. I will never sell or part from this stuff. People who are just kind of semi into it. I could see them saying, yeah, I'm going to sell my stuff because I need the money. Mm -hmm. And so just like we were talking about the supply and demand, if all of a sudden, if, if even 10% of the people in a hobby decide to start offloading all of their stuff at once, the market yeah. gets flooded. The prices drop. Yeah. So it was, it was a couple of, two more takeaways and I'll be done here. The other one was she had mentioned to me, look every piece up because just like she had shared earlier, how scarcity is what drives it, right? You might see something and it looks common, but if it's something that people are looking for and they just, I mean, this sounds common sense, econ 101, but how many times have you looked at department 56 stuff and you're like, oh, that's probably not worth anything for all, you know, you might've missed something. You know, and then the other one is like you had mentioned, like people start offloading stuff and it kind of goes into my other um, update here. I am uh, I am finding that there's a lot of resellers right now trying to offload their inventory. And uh, I find a lot of it on whatnot. I, I just I, I think people need to be careful when they're sourcing. Uh, you know, when I ran the last one at auction, I had very much been about you could buy this for reselling. You might buy this for yourself, but the fact that it's so cheap, you're okay. Right. But you, you gotta be careful right now. Things <coughs> I think that, you know, there's a lot of items that people are just like, Oh yeah, this person has a whole bunch of this. And this person has a whole bunch of that. I should definitely buy it all up. But maybe that person has done that research and knows that those items are selling and they're just offloading it to you. And you end up being the person holding the bag and I'm finding a lot of that. I mean, even you and I get hit up, you know, a few times a week with people trying to sell off their inventory or trying to sell in a niche that we're not really, you know, acquainted with. And I, I don't know if you see all the ones on Instagram, but I, I've, I get all kinds of individuals that are trying to sell, you know, certain things to us and go, oh, yeah, these are money makers. And I'm like, well, I have to think if they're such money makers, why are you selling them to me? Why aren't you just directly selling them? Right. And so. Be careful because uh, I do, I, I and I hate this, and I hate this because I said this at the beginning of the year. I said this will be the year that test resellers, and I, I'm, I'm 100. I think I'm right about that, and I hate the fact that I'm right about that. And I think 2023 is going to be even more interesting. So, anyways, all right, that's my update. Now, how stuff. about you? Um, well, I mean, uh, doing a little bit. Um, I'm kind of easing back into. Uh, ramping up my reselling. It's we're in a phase where we're still still dealing with uh, finishing up a move, and then also realizing this is temporary because we've got another move coming up. And my wife is getting more and more pregnant. You know, <laughs> in the sense of like the belly's big and things are harder. So we've got two kids at home. So just recognizing that that like a lot of things, you kind of sometimes have to ease into it. So mm -hmm. if you're 
again, if you're full-time, this doesn't apply in the same way. Um, I, I like to say, you know, with my full-time job, when you deal with something like a move or something in your life, you, you get through it and then you go to work and you work your nine to five because you just have to. Um, so that's, that's totally fine. You got to do that. If you're a full-time person, you just make those work. But if you're a part-time reseller, you've probably gone through seasons where you're like just in huge expansion and growth and you're just like killing it and crushing it and working 10, 15, 20, 30 hours a week doing reselling. And then you go on a vacation, something comes up, you get a sickness running through the house. I mean, a lot of people are dealing with that right now. So things happen. And then one of the things I have noticed that people tend to do is they try and just like go full fledged back into it. And, and that can cause issues. So depending on your situation, sometimes it's it's easy if you took a couple weeks off. But if you've been kind of like slowing down for a little while, sometimes you want to work back into what you can handle and do. And so uh, my sourcing has been a little bit less than normal, only maybe once or twice a week, as opposed to like really going out all day Saturday and then hitting up a lot of uh, thrift stores. Uh, but we did do one where I ran into you. It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, so the night right. the night uh, the night before the this. Um, church rummage sale. I'm looking up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do a little bit of sourcing tomorrow. I've been seeing signs for this one. I've gone to this one a few times. It's a church rummage sale in our neighborhood, um, or at least my neighborhood you've moved. That's um, true. But I've done decent at this place in the past. And I almost always go on the second day. I, I've kind of learned that the this church rummage sale and other places, sometimes estate sales, when they do the Friday, Saturday, I feel like the Friday, Saturday ones are kind of like a, uh, like a gift to the full-time resellers. Like, here you go. What do you mean? Well, because if you're a part-time person, a lot of times you're working Friday. So Friday isn't even possible. Oh, for I see you. what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, okay. the fact that Friday's open, it's almost like, you know how like sometimes places like Costco will open early in the morning, but just mm -hmm. for like business owners. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like, it's yeah, true. we're, we're open true. a day early, but it's really just for like the real people, you know, and then you part-time people can come on Saturday. So, but even with that, they're smart because they do 50% off on Saturday. So everything that they have, their prices are half off. So even if most of the good stuff is picked through, what's left, you can tend to find some decent stuff because the prices are, they were great to begin with. And then they're just even better. So I was hoping to be able to find some stuff the night before I was looking up what time to go there. You'd actually text me a few hours later saying, Hey, you should go check out this. Uh, and they had a Morantz, like a... Eight hundred thousand dollar Morantz uh, receiver. Yeah, and obviously that, gone when we showed up. That was like pictures on there. The yeah. So of course, yeah, the, that was gone right away. The clickbait. But it's funny because as I show up and I'm parking my car, I see you parking your car across the street, <laughs> and you said in your text message you weren't going, so I wasn't expecting. Well, to, I wasn't going early. Mm. Well, you ended up showing up early because I, I got did. there before they started. <laughs> we both ended up waiting like a good twenty minutes yeah, before know, uh, they know. opened. Uh, but I was kind of surprised to see you. And it's funny because it's been a little while since you and I have been at the at a same garage sale. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we're kind of, you know, talking just, you know, small chat and all of that and <laughs> talking about life and whatever. And I can tell, like, as we're getting closer to, like, going in, like you, like the switch was going off for you. I'm really? Like, like I'm, I'm <laughs> all right. I need to focus. Like, I'm looking, I'm scanning, like I'm not. And I'm like, all right, he's serious about this. All right. We're, you know, maybe a little bit of competition here. He's got to go do what he's got to do. So we go in there and man, it was just bad. It, it was, was bad. really, really it was bad. Really bad. There was nothing. I mean, I spent quite a bit of time looking up a lot of things just because I'm like, I'm not planning on going to a lot of other places today. So with the prices they have as good as they are, there's got to be something like, you know, how like when, mm -hmm. when you go somewhere and there's just a ton of stuff, like there's got to be something in this. That's stuff. how it is at those church rummage sales though, because 
even the last one I went to, they I've never seen this, but they did a at least not in San Diego, they did a dollar bag. Mm. Like everything you can put in a bag, in you a get bag. for a dollar. So you're like, there has to be something. There has to be something, yeah. So you know, I and in fact they had a lot of like really cool, I don't know how much time you spent looking at it, but they had a whole table full of like brass dishware, like that you could tell was really old and like some stuff from from another country. I think they had some like Turkish tea and coffee making stuff that were like really old and antique. And then they had like cast iron um, pieces that would, you could tell were on a farm at some point, like, like bells and hooks and various things, some irons, like, you know, that you would use like old school irons. Oh, and I so, remember that all worthless, but yeah, I remember all that. Well, that's the thing. So I'm looking up and I'm like, there's gotta be like something here it has to be. So I'm spending time looking up various things and there just wasn't, there just wasn't anything. I mean, I picked up a few things and make like, $30 profit, um, maybe $40 profit in total, but I only spent like $2. So yeah, that's fine to, to make $40. I was there probably longer than I wanted to be. I was there for like 45 minutes, but it's just really bad when you go to a place like that. So it's one of those things where sometimes people will wait. I'll hear people say things like, yeah, I'll wait to go to this thrift store until they have the half off sales. Or I'll wait to go to this garage sale until everything's half off or the estate sale the next day. And don't get me wrong. There are times when that totally pays off. It has paid off for me in the past where I picked up, you know, I picked up a, a laser disc player for like $5 at this church rummer sale last year. And I've sold it for like over a hundred mm -hmm. and it was a half off day. So it was $10. Normally I was able to pick it up for five. It was a killer deal. But a lot of times the reason why those places go half off is they know they've already been picked through. Mm -hmm. and and people who are willing to pay full price for stuff picked all of the good stuff ahead of time. And so sometimes they miss things. I mean, people miss things. Sometimes I picked up a Willis and Geiger last time. On a second day? I it for $1.50. Nice. On a second day or on first On a second day. day. Wow. 10.30 so, in the morning. So it definitely happens. I mean, people miss things. But a lot of times we, you can almost have that mindset of, I'll just wait till it's cheaper and buy it then. No. But that doesn't always work. Yeah. Most of the time it actually works against you. Uh, a lot of times it's better just you got to strike when the iron is hot. If it is a good deal, if the full price is still very profitable for you, if you're picking something up for $10 instead of five, but you can sell that thing for a hundred, mm -hmm. you pick it up at $10. You don't wait till it goes to five because that extra $5 net profit you're hoping to make the difference between getting it half off or not versus zero net profit because you missed it and somebody else picked it up. I mean, it's, it's night and day difference. So yeah, it's a bummer to not get the first days on some of those things when they do the Fridays. But then at the same time, I, as a teacher, I'm off a lot of times on Fridays and I almost never prioritize going to estate sales or rummage sales or those things when they're on Friday. So again, it's, it's kind of like a blessing or a gift to those full-time hardcore people who are willing to go do it. And so you know, good for them. And I hope, I hope somebody made, I mean, somebody made off with that speaker or those, that, that yeah, receiver. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it was fun. It was fun seeing you. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one that, that bombed it there. Cause that would have been the worst is if I had walked through a whole section, but like, there's nothing. And then Orlando walks behind me and like, Oh, look at this. I'm going to be able to sell yeah, this. That's happened to us on both sides. Yeah. 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 But here's the funny thing. Uh, that happened to us one time and I picked up those, these two juicers. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, those juices are still in my death pile. 
Oh, you were so excited about those. I was. You fought too. I mean, I have the you you posted the YouTube video, I think. I think so. It's somewhere. It's where you were like pretty hardcore negotiating I know. over those juicers. I know. And I just got them home and I'm just like, I don't want to deal with these. And I, mean, I still don't want to deal with them. I feel like if you're willing to like negotiate as if your life depends on it, you gotta list those things. I know. I know. I know. And eventually I will. Eventually I will. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, if you haven't had a chance yet and you're like, hey, I'm really low on my supplies uh, f- from American Bowl Boy. Now is the time to order. I, I know that they're going to have inventory for Q4, but you never know. They provide such excellent service. They're well known uh, in the reselling community. You, It's best to order as soon as possible because you don't want to be stuck in Q4 needing something to bubble wrap. And then you're going to make that drive out to <laughs> CVS or or Walmart, what it, what it, whatever it is, and pay a ton of money for garbage bubble wrap. So go to AmericanBubbleWay.com. Use our link below. Uh, and they have a uh, free two-day shipping, next-day shipping. And uh, you can also do free local pickup. And they have all kinds of bowl wrap. They also have this thing called Instapacks, which are great. So check them out. A great deal. I just uh, I just recently ordered some. So, you know, That's I'm ready. Stuff, man. So got to get ready. All right. So random story. So you know what? I'm going to I wasn't going to talk about this just because I feel like we talked a lot about garage sales. But I, I got to tell you, I want to share this random story. So on the way home that same day, that same day on the way home. It was dead. Like I didn't pick up anything. There was nothing. And around the corner from my house, and I live in the country, so it's like not my house, but like, you know, whatever, the land, around the corner of the land, there was a random estate sale that it was like two inches off the ground. And usually you ignore those, right? I mean, do you ever like stop and like figure out what's going on? Like, unless it's like huge bull neon or something. If it's a, a sourcing day, and I see one of those signs and it's in an area that's not listed because I've already checked on like uh, Craigslist. Oh, yeah. I'm checking that place out. Okay. So it's I a gold mine. I'm the other way. And this one was I could have just gone here first thing in the morning and I would have scored like crazy. But I just it wasn't on it wasn't on Craigslist. It wasn't on, you know, Facebook Marketplace. And so it was a it was a, it was a terrible morning. And so I'm like, you know, this is up the street from my house. Why not go there? I should have gone there first thing. I show up. There's like two other ladies there. And that's it. It's in a full estate sale, full house. And not only that, it's not an estate sale company. It's a realtor who's just trying to get inventory out because they want to sell the house. So I had full reign on this house. Like I was going upstairs. I was going into attics. I was going into cupboards. I was in, in the garage. Like, moving stuff around, like anything I wanted to buy, I had access to. And whenever you get those opportunities, you need to spend as much time as possible in that house. Cause you never know what you're going to find. And you know, the last time I, I, those of you that follow us on Instagram, uh, I had shared how I went inside an attic that no one had gone. And this was an estate sale company doing it, but they just didn't go in there. And I just said, Hey, can I go in there? And they're fine. And I made a ton of money. I probably made, at least five to eight hundred dollars from the items I found in that attic that no one else looked into. And I only paid like 10, 15 bucks for the items in there. So I'm at this house and I'm just going through, I'm going through the closets, I'm going through the, you know, through the garage, and I find the old uh Tyco train set, which isn't Tyco usually isn't money, but if you find some of the older ones and complete, I found a whole complete one that sells for about two to three hundred. 
Uh, and I got to tell you, I kept looking. I was thinking maybe there's Hot Wheel red lines. Maybe there's a Hot Wheel red line. So I'm like going everywhere. Like I'm not leaving this place. I, I picked up a CB radio. Uh, I picked up a whole bunch of clothing, all this stuff, uh, some some Pyrex. And no one was, no one was there. Like no one showed up. Because I'm telling you, there was only two signs and they were literally two inches off the ground. Like no one knew this place was happening. And so after an hour of sourcing this place, I put everything together. And I'm thinking she's going to say like 100, 150 bucks. She's like, how about 40 bucks for it all? I'm like, uh, okay, deal. Like I'll do 40 bucks. And uh, I've already made profit on that. You didn't try and negotiate her down another 20 bucks? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I'm proud you know, of you. I, I I'm very proud of you. No, no, but he, but here's the thing I will say. Right now is the, to- is the time to make obscene low offers. I'm pretty sure if I told her 20 bucks, she would have taken the 20 bucks. She she didn't care. She just wanted to fight of the house. Yeah, there's a certain point, though, where I just feel bad. Nah, not in this economy... It's time to make obscene low low ball offers. Yeah, but if they've already given you like a a killer deal. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I took it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why. Well, I took that's it. what I mean. That's why I'm saying I'm proud but of you because normally you, you would <laughs> go more. You'd be like, "How about? But you pay me to take this out because clearly you want this stuff gone." Well, she was so open to anything. I said, "Hey, there's some uh, vintage uh, seven up crates, which they sell like for forty, fifty bucks. You know, the old wooden ones." Yeah. But the guy had a bunch of like tools and stuff in them. I'm like, "Can I just take everything out and just take it?" She's like, "Sure." And then, I'm, and then I got lazy. Then I was like, ah, never mind. But I could like, it was that kind of thing where you could have said, Hey, can I rip out this wall to get to this one thing? And they would have been like, sure, no problem. Like it was, it was wild. So if you ever land one of those where it's run by a realtor, not an estate sale company and no one knows about it. I like, I, and she gave me her card and she's like, Hey, give me a call. I might be doing this again. And I think I might give her a call and show up this next weekend again. Um, Except the fact that I already went through everything. I really didn't find uh, anything else. So anyways, you just never know. You never know. Now, I got a question for you. Have you ever had people that they message you like, hey, would you take this amount for this item? And then you tell them, hey, just send me an offer. And they're like, I can't send an offer. Has that ever happened to you? I, I've had people not say I can't send an offer, but they just have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> So I think it's even though it says send offer. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you just got to remember, like some people are just not as as fluent with technology. And I guess that's a nice way of putting it. You know, there's just some people who are like, I've always just, you know, I'll message you like sell it to me for this much. Like, OK, send the offer. I don't I don't know how. Right. Like they, so that I've had a few people who just don't know. And then you try and kind of explain the process to them and sometimes there's you just get lost in translation and it doesn't work out but i don't know if i've had anybody say like i physically can't because i don't have those buttons yeah that's what somebody i've been getting like probably like three or four messages huh. where people are you know it's the worst question what's your bottom dollar and i always respond like hey shoot me an offer and we can go from there and uh then they go i i, I don't have the ability to send you an offer and i'm like i don't I don't understand. Now it works in my favor because then what I do is I just revise the price and they just buy it right there. Yeah, that so, works. I don't know. Anyways, you got any random stories? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how random. I just think it kind of shows how you know different perspectives and and views when you're when you're sourcing. So when I originally started reselling, I, I'd, I'd pick up anything that was profitable, even if it was like a challenging mm-hmm. thing to mm-hmm. ship or a challenging thing to list and. I really didn't know much different. And it was a good learning experience, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, 
but at this last, I don't know how much time you spent inside the room at that that church rummage cell we were at. A lot of it was closed. And then there's the kind of the knickknacks. Yeah. And I know you avoid knickknacks like the plague usually, but I'm always curious because I know there's there's <laughs> that two hundred dollar piece. Yeah, or more, right? Like a lot of times yeah. it's like the thing that's just unassuming, like a random like clown shaped dish or something like you know what i mean that's like i'm pretty sure it's yeah but you i don't know i mean there might be so (laughs) that's true it's true so there's there's i'm always curious and so i spent a little bit of time looking and they had a section where they had carousels and carousels were the things that first caught my eye because Mm. my mom is uh obsessed with carousels she collects carousels so i know there's money in certain types of carousels uh, music boxes and things like that and so I'm looking at these and they're all San Francisco Music Box Company. Oh, they had those there? Yep. Those and money. They're money. And there, in fact, there were there were pieces that weren't carousel. There was like one piece that was like re- much larger. Um, I think it was, I think it was called like Lion and the Lamb or something like that. It was, it was a it was a biblical one. And uh, or something, something of that nature, a kid laying with a, I don't know. But um, I'm looking at these, and as I'm going through the various ones, I'm seeing there's definitely profit in in them. They're they were wanting, I think they were about five dollars a piece. Okay. The biggest piece there was like a really large one that was uh, they wanted ten for, and they were going on eBay anywhere from forty dollars for the low end on them, and I saw some all the way up to eighty. So okay. I'm thinking, okay, there's definitely some money here. Like I could I could clean house just on these, but then I started to think, okay what all is going to be involved in this, right? Because none of these have their boxes with their styrofoam. They're all just the pieces. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at some of the pieces and some of the pieces I've learned over time to actually pay close attention to. And it's like, oh, look, a little piece of the tail is broken off here, mm. right? Whereas before I wouldn't have spent the time looking at those things. Yeah. So that got rid of a handful of them. And then there's other ones where I'm like, okay, maybe this sells for $60. All the comps sell for about $55 free shipping. I buy, pay $5 for it, $55 sells with free shipping. eBay is going to take their fee and it's going to be a little bit to ship, especially because I'm probably going to need something like an Instapack and a box and I'm going to have to float this box and I'm going to have to do a lot of research on which model this is exactly and all of the stuff. And I'm like, by the time it's all said and done, I'm looking at like 15 or $20 profit. And a ton of time. ton of time. Now, that's where it gets really, I feel like I'm proud of myself for improving. Now, that's not to say I did find some, not there, but as I'm looking through and researching these San Francisco Music Box company, there are some of these music boxes that are selling for $200, $300 mm-hmm, or more. Mm-hmm. Okay, had I found a piece that they were selling for $5 that sells for two or $300, okay, I'd make that work, right? At that point, I'd look it over, does it have all the pieces? turn it does it sound like it's plays okay it's all good all right i'm willing to lose the shelf space because it can't go in a tote with other stuff i'm willing to float the box i'm willing to maybe even pack it now and float it once i take the pictures if i'm going to be making well over a hundred dollars in profit but when you think hey i'm paying five dollars for this and it sells for 60 i'm going to be making like 55 dollars profit it doesn't work that way no and especially when you're spending a bunch of time now on the other hand I picked up those items I told you I picked up where I only paid a dollar or $2 for, and I picked up three of them and they're all going to sell for, I'll probably net 10 to $15 profit on each, but they don't take up any space. They're not breakable. They're going to be really fast to list, scan the U, the UPC and sell similar. I'm not like searching for 
the model number. Okay, it's on the bottom of this one. And I'm willing to take a $10 to $15 net profit on an item as opposed to what looks like it could be $55 of, of sale and profit when it's not going to be that with all the time and energy and potential of it breaking. And I mean, even just getting it home now, had these had their boxes with the styrofoam, all right, maybe, yeah. maybe that'd be an easier thing to deal with. So uh, just a, a random story. So don't sleep on those items. Don't, don't look at knickknacks and go, Hey, I can't make money here, but also be wise and don't think that, Hey, just cause I can pay $5 for it and it sells for 50. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a profitable item. If the amount of time it takes to wrap it, to float it, um, to make sure that it's not broken already, to make sure it arrives where it's going to get to safely. I've had items like that where I've, I mean, I've floated the box and it's all great. And by the time they get to it, they send me a picture and it's broken. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking because it's like, well, now I've got to eat the cost on the shipping back or. And you lost all that time yeah. ship, uh, putting it together to ship. So now with things like Instapacks, it's a little bit more doable, I feel like. Um, so if you haven't checked out those American Bubble Boy Instapacks, you know, consider that. But and this is not an advertisement for it, but they're great tools. That's right. So. All right. I, I hear I hear you. I, I just I'm rethinking about that huge uh, camera Bessler thing that mm. took me. I made two hundred dollars profit, but it took me three hours to pack. Yeah, that's rough. And I never I never like. Now, I, I packed it differently than I have in the past, and that's probably part of the reason. Like I, there's there's these huge they're like enlargers, camera enlargers. And so there's a wooden baseboard. Usually I would unscrew the wooden baseboard and pack both separately. I didn't this last time. I tried to keep it together and it made it safely, but man, three hours. It was it was heinous. I, I felt like I was in a warehouse. I never want to go through that again. So I mean you do have to ask yourself like would you be willing to work if 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 you were thinking back to nine to five and somebody said, hey, we've got this like three hour thing for you to do and you're gonna make two hundred bucks, that's a pretty good hourly wage. You know, like so you might be considering it. The thing is, you just have to consider it with where you're at now, with the number of items you're selling, the items you have that you can that you can sell. So I would say if you're a new seller and you don't have a big store and it takes you, you're going to have to deal with selling items that take you a little bit longer to, to pack. Yeah, it's all good. It's good. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Definitely do it. But if you get to a point where, hey, I can sell items that are twice as fast to, to list, 10 times easier to ship, and they're just a little bit less profitable... But for me, it's worth it because I move a lot of, you know, quantity mm -hmm. of that item. So that's what we should all be working towards is getting to a model where you work less, make more. Yeah, agreed. agreed. All right. Hey, before uh, we move on uh, to our incredible uh, reselling topics, uh, if you haven't yet had a chance to just say, hey, Orlando Mike, appreciate uh, the podcast, appreciate all the free content uh, and you want to support us, you can jump on over to patreon.com slash Purosa podcast uh, for five fifty five a month. You can allow, you know, allow us to keep the lights on uh, and keep moving forward, especially during this Q4 time. Uh, our, you know, <laughs> the cost of doing the podcast is actually more expensive because right it especially if i started doing retail arbitrage i remember last year every time i recorded a podcast it at least cost me one to 2k right remember when we even did that q4 wrap remember that was like my biggest wine session with mike i, I feel bad still about that i was so bothered because i was thinking of all the money i was losing but that that rap was epic it was worth the time That's good stuff uh, but part of that, you know, helping us out, allowing us to get the equipment and, and pay for the servers and all that good stuff is you'll have access to the discord, a thriving community of, of real resellers, part-time, full-time. 
We have people making big money. We have people uh, not making as much money, but they are, you know, they very much know a certain fields, whether it be Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or they know about, you know, antiques or they know about consignment and just a lot of awesome people uh, in the Discord. So if you haven't had a chance, jump on over to patreon.com slash peers of podcast or use the link below. And for 55 a month, you can uh, help support the podcast. Yeah. All right. If you haven't yet, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Podcast, and we're also Pure Hustle Cast. Uh, Pure Hustle Cast, yeah, on Twitter. Uh, you can always give us a call six one nine seven three eleven seventy. That's six one nine seven three eleven seventy, or shoot us an email at purehustlepodcast at gmail dot com. That's purehustlepodcast at gmail dot com. And as always, great for all of you that uh, tune in to us on the podcast. And if you have not caught us on YouTube, you're missing on some mini episodes on Mondays. And um, we'd love for you to just come on over, hit that subscribe button, smash the like button, hit that bell notification so you're notified whenever an episode drops. Not just our Wednesday podcast, but also our Monday mini episodes. And sometimes Mike and I will get inspired to do a garage sale or a what's old video or whatever it is. Uh, and also, uh, as always, we're grateful for all the iTunes reviews. Always helps us out uh, in the algorithm. So yeah, you haven't yet, go to iTunes, put a five-star review, and tell people why you love us in Pierce Podcast. So with that being said, it's time to talk about some important stuff. Holy moly, man. You need to, we need to shorten that down. Was that long? Yeah, that was that was intense. We do that every week. I know. It's long. It's long. Yeah. We should we should focus on follow us on social media. I mean, people people know how to do that. All right. Um, <laughs> so here we go holiday sales are coming but are they going to be as exciting as we're hoping for or are we looking for a cold q4 all of that and more on reselling news orlando take it away all right so listen we got to be real on this on this podcast i i can't sell you guys that the hopium of this is going to be the best q4 ever because i don't believe it's going to be the best q4 ever i don't think it's going to be probably the best Q4 since pre COVID. Like I, I think uh, during those years we had some awesome Q4s and that's because everybody was sitting around and buying online and uh, you know, everybody had access to everything and resellers did. And so now things have changed and you know, I'm just looking at some news reports. I'll share one here from uh, uh, you know, a different news. Again, we don't support any news site. We're just delivering the news here as it's been reported. Uh, CNBC uh, had an article in October saying uh, online holiday spending expected to be weak after months of early discounting. And we talked about this before. Uh, online uh, sales this holiday are projected to see their smallest growth since uh, Adobe Analytics began tracking the figure in 2015. Discounts have been go ongoing this year as retailers work to get rid of bloated inventories. The early deals are expected to cut into sales on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So real quick, they say uh, after months of sales and markdowns from retailers scrambling to offload excess inventory, getting shoppers to click on deals this holiday won't be as easy. Already, retailers have been struggling to move products after miscalculating what shoppers would want coming out of the pandemic. Soaring inflation has also been squeezing consumers, forcing companies to slash prices further to get them to spend and to compete for holiday spending. Retailers are offering deals and deals earlier and earlier. All those factors are expected to dampen demand for big holiday sales, even online where consumers have been doing more of their shopping in recent years. And this is comes as no surprise if you listen to a pure hustle podcast, but it's now becoming reality, right? There's always, there's always that hope that everything is wrong, <laughs> that we're wrong. And that this Q4, everybody's still going to be willing to drop big money 
you know, get that hot item. Now, I do think, I do still think there's, remember, they're saying it, there's going to be growth. It's going to be the smallest growth, but there's still going to be growth. So it doesn't mean that things are going to be dead this Q4, that things are going to be in the negative. What it means is it's not going to be as large as it was the last few years. Yeah. And when you're taking in growth in comparison and, and with the consideration of inflation, sometimes growth isn't actually growth, right? You're like, you could say, hey, I got to raise this year. But if your raise didn't match or, in, or go above inflation, then you actually are making less money. So you could say, hey, I had a 3% increase in my 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 uh, income. You didn't really. So sometimes when we're looking at growth on things like that, it, it, it fails to take into consideration every factor. And I think what this article pointed out, which is something we've kind of talked about a little bit, but, but again, we didn't know exactly what it's how it's going to play out, is the idea that because retailers and because online stuff have been pushing so hard to sell things. I mean, sales have been earlier and earlier and so many things have been discounted and so many things have been put on sale and they're doing that to just try to get people to be buying things mm -hmm. so that they can turn a profit in their, uh, to show their stakeholders like, look, we made some money. Well, you're kind of in some ways, what's the, uh, the phrase you're, you're, you're stealing from, Peter to pay Paul, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, you're yeah. borrowing from Peter to pay Paul yeah. is kind of what's happening in the sense that they're taking from some of their late Q4 sales in order to bolster their Q3 profits. But those people who are already buying and have already bought a ton of their, their holiday stuff, they're just not going to be spending as much towards the holiday season because they've already done it. So that's where I think it's going to get a little bit tricky because I mean, I remember my wife telling me I'm reading articles I'm seeing on Instagram that there's not going to be things available in Q4. So people are going to be buying earlier. And so I think that was kind of what was going out to the general population yeah, is I remember that. Yeah. You need to buy now. You need to buy now. And so people are buying in September, October, you know, we're going into November and people have already finished. I, again, it's not everybody because a lot of people wait to the last minute. But I think a larger percentage of people than normal have already finished or bought a good portion of their holiday stuff because They've kind of been told you need to buy, you need to buy, you need to buy now. So then when it comes into Q4 and the stores are hoping to continue to sell things, it's just people are done. So there's going to be fewer, even if it's only 10, 15, 20% of the population that's like, yeah, I normally buy in December, but I'm already done. That's going to have an impact. And, and what we got to see as resellers, like how is that going to trickle down to us? How is, how is the fact that people aren't spending as much? Because that's one of the things that happens when people spend is they just continue to spend. The more somebody spends, the more likely they're going to spend because they're getting those dopamine hits. That's why when people are on vacation, they, they're fine with paying more for things because once they start spending money, it's just like, man, yeah, I already paid $8 for a bottle of water. So why not buy, you know, this ice cream cone for 10 bucks? And why not? Because once you start spending, you'll keep spending. You know, that's just, that's scary. But that's yes. how people are. But if people are going into December and they're already thinking, hey, prices on everything are going up. I bought everything back in October for Christmas because they told me I needed to. Uh, I'm not going to spend. That that could have impact across the e economy for people selling in other markets like us selling. Even if you're not selling Christmas related items, spending in general might go down. So it's just something to think about. Yeah. And I, I hope people don't take this as, oh, might as well not list, might as well not stores, might as well, you know, just sit back. And no, because again, it's Q4, right? E even through difficult times, people still 
want to make sure that they get that gift for, you know, their special someone. They want to make sure that their kids are happy. People are still going to buy. It's just going to be different. It's just going to be different. Uh, and I'm already seeing it on social media. I don't see people talking about, I picked up a hundred of these items here or I sold all these items. Like all that is gone. Now granted the algorithm feeds you, but I've been trying to follow Amazon people and I'm just not seeing it. So either everybody's jumped into a discord and they're in hiding and no one really knows what's going on or it's just not happening. Now, I thought this was an interesting eBay uh, had their outlook for the holidays. And this is on the new uh, GM. Uh, his name is I don't know if it matters too much, but uh, this is from Adam Ireland and uh, stated in their outlook. They said, hello, sellers. Each year we share practical insights to help you prepare for the holidays, this year's landscape, given inflation and economic uncertainty, is particularly nuanced. But that doesn't mean consumers aren't shopping. What we're anticipating is that people will approach holiday spending with what we're calling a never-before-seen intentionality, seeking highly personal and valued items. And after last season's dominance by supply, challenge, supply, <laughs> supply chain challenges, a desire to deliver the ideal gift. So we're making sure shoppers recognize the unique inventory you bring to the table, allowing them, allowing them to find that direct present that no other marketplace has and you know what it's interesting because I read that uh together with uh there was another article about Amazon's Prime Day and Amazon's Prime Day that they had in October, according to estimates, wasn't that great. Like it wasn't, you know, like this typical summer one where you know the records are destroyed and and you know people have bought so kind so much so much stuff. And so I think I think that's I think that's true. I think eBay Whatever, however they came across this, uh, they're finding out that, you know, getting the generic, I don't know, rival uh, mixer, right, isn't isn't doing it, right? Getting that from Amazon, but instead getting that item that someone is looking for for Christmas might be what will sell well this year. And so I, I, I don't know if I'm right. And I had mentioned this months ago when we were talking about uh, what I, I expect for Q4. And I do expect that secondary market is going to do better. Uh, and again, we're in Q4 right now, but we're not at peak Q4. Okay, right now, we're with second week in November when we drop this. And so we're not at this place where people are buying, buying, buying. Now, if by the end of November, people don't start buying, then then I don't know. We'll see. We'll just have to, you know, <laughs> we'll have to play it by ear and see what happens by then. Yeah, I see. And I think my prediction would be um, not that. I think, I think the secondary okay. market... I think if the if retail market is down, I think secondary market is going to be down also for Q4 specifically. Now, do I think once once a recession or once a like a downturn economy really catches up because I don't feel like it's fully caught up to people yet. I feel like once it fully catches up, then I think we'll start to see the shift towards people saying, hey, I need some new work boots. I'm willing to buy the used, you know, Thursday boots off of eBay for 70 bucks instead of buying them new for you know, 300, um, because, you know, they're still really good tread and I mean, I'll, I'll get another couple of years out of them. So I do think that the secondary market will pick up over time for specific categories and items. I think it'll probably drop in others. So it's hard because if you're just, you know, consist, just say secondary market, but you know, I think collectibles will probably drop, um, in general, specifically Q4. I don't know, maybe that parts up, but I don't think people are looking for secondary as much for this holiday season, because I don't think we're at that point yet. So I think I think it's going to be down across the board. 
All right. Well, I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. <laughs> so here's some other stats. I want to end the stats here. Uh, this is from a nerd wallet. Uh, so close to a third of last year's holiday shoppers are still in debt. So they're still in debt from the stuff that they bought a year ago. So I, and not to say I'm not guilty of that. I have Amazon inventory that I'm still guilty of carrying over from last year. Um, so it says, uh, according to the survey, 31% of 2021 holiday shoppers who use the credit card to pay for gifts still haven't paid off their balances. Um, most of this year's holiday shoppers will use credit cards. Nearly three quarters of 2022 uh, holiday shoppers, uh, 70%, 72% say they will pay for holiday gifts this year and using a credit card charging 660 on average. Whoa. We've got to stop as a culture. <laughs> we just have to stop using credit cards. Like I hear, unless you're buying from my store. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, I, as I'm going around doing things like we're pretty, my wife and I are pretty like frugal. Like we try as hard yeah, as we can not yeah. to spend a ton of money. And occasionally we go out and like, Hey, let's go out. And we're just amazed. Like when we're outsourcing, we're out dropping our kid off somewhere. Just how many people are out buying, 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 going to, to, to eat out at like restaurants. And I'm like, man, every restaurant now costs 25% more than it used to cost. How is anybody affording this? And the thing is like, she keeps saying to me and I'm like, oh yeah. She's like, people just use credit cards. And I, I forget that people do that because I don't use credit cards for that kind of stuff. I mean, I have a business card, but I'm very careful with it and I use it for points and all of that. But it just, it's, it's sad because I do think a lot of people think in their mind, we'll just charge it. We'll just charge it to an account. And they don't, I mean, what are credit card interest rates are often like what 20 30 percent it depends i mean i would say one of my cards did jump from uh 14.99 apr to now it's at 18.99 after the rate hikes <laughs> so yeah it's it's gonna get interesting that's all i'm saying uh inflation is impacting how some shoppers approach gift giving this year the majority of 2022 uh <laughs> Sorry, I just I'm laughing about something else said recently. Uh, holiday shoppers, 83, 83% plan to take action as a result of inflation when purchasing gifts this year, like giving different types of gifts compared to years past. 36% and at spending less per person compared to years past, 35%. So that's what I mean. I, I think there's hope for the secondary market. Uh, then it said here. Pressure may lead some shoppers to spend above their means. Like we just said, more than two in five uh, feel pressure to spend more on holiday gifts and they comfortably spend. Uh, perhaps why some plan to buy gifts and using cash advanced apps and payday loans. Scary. Those are scary. It's That's, really bad. I did a payday loan once. Yeah. I was 24 years old. I was newly married. I was dead broke. And we just needed money to cover the bills. And man, it was so predatory. Now, granted, you make your call. I don't, I don't follow. I, I don't, I, I'm a big believer in personal responsibility. Like you make that call, you make that call, you deal with the consequences. And I did, I do. I, I think they, it was like a 25% like yeah. interest. The hard part is, I mean, you're right. It is, there is personal responsibility. The hard part though, is just most people are just financially illiterate. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I agree. I, and mean, I, I, and I, I was, was lucky. Enough, I was. I was lucky enough to have like found, run across a couple of books and heard some YouTube channels, and it like really changed my life. And I gained some financial literacy. There's a lot of really bright people who just haven't been told. They they didn't they don't know these things, and so yeah, it really stinks because it, it really people end up basically becoming slaves to debt when mm -hmm. when they get so into debt they're willing to use credit cards, and a lot of times it's people. People get to a place where they have to. They're in a situation where like, well, I have no choice. I've got to fix my car. So I've got to put it on the credit card. I've got no choice. I've got to buy gas, pay my insurance. 
But the problem is there's usually a lot of decisions that led up before then where people weren't saving. They were going out and eating out a couple times a week. And so it's like, yeah, you had to get into debt now because you're making poor decisions before. It just breaks my heart though, because most people just don't know, like they haven't been taught by somebody in their life that, hey, this is how you handle money. And so I think that's what's scary about our economy is that's what I mean. Like it hasn't caught up to people yet because a lot of people are just like, I'll just put it on the credit card. Like eventually we keep hearing on the news, things are going to get better. And so if I just put it on the credit card, eventually, you know, I'll I'll make more money. They're going to raise minimum wage. They're going to do this. They're going to, whatever it is, people just think more money is going to come. So I'm going to put it on credit card. And then they're just, they're just, it's just a black cloud over them forever and they don't know how to get out of it. And so it's like, it's hard because eventually this stuff is going to catch up. And that's why I don't know what this Q4 is going to look like. But I think that the, I think that the secondary market in a lot of ways, once people start waking up to the fact that I've maxed out my credit cards and I still need to buy clothes, I need to still need to buy a jacket because we're going to be going into the cold season well, where can I look? I don't want to get a, a cheapy jacket. So I'm going to get my Patagonia jacket on eBay because it's a third of the price as a new one is. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that our market is going to see an increase once once it really catches up to people. So I just, in a lot of ways, wish it wouldn't catch up because that's when it's, that's when it's bad. I agree. And the other takeaway is sell things now. Like don't wait for more money. Don't wait for you know, something else to show up, just, just make moves now because you don't know, like you want to be, I would say, you know, we had talked about this last Q4 and the Q4 before that, like you want to be inventory light and cash heavy by Q4. I think right now you just want to be inventory light and cash heavy year round. You just want to be moving, 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 moving. Uh, and again, be selective on what you source. I've talked about, uh, I, I'm going to keep sourcing and I am going to keep sourcing, but I am selective in my sourcing, the Orlando of a year ago would have bought out all that department 56 and said, Oh, the market will rebound. Oh, I'm getting it for so cheap. This time I was like, Nope, like, well, I'm not doing this. I, I think there's a case to be made though. So if you need the money, absolutely. Then you should, you should sell um, what you have and be more selective with your sourcing. But when we've talked about money changing hand during, during downturn economies, mm-hmm. This is one of the ways it can happen is if you can buy and hold, right? If you can say like, hey, the RC market is down 43% for used RC stuff. But I know probably if the if if let's say this cycle happens and we go into three to four years of like a downturn economy, and then all of a sudden a couple of years of it leveling out, and then in by year seven or eight, we're starting to move back up to where things were before all this happened. And you could potentially make 30 to 40%. 40 to 70%, depending on what you're buying out now, once the market returns. Well, yeah. Remember, remember how things were prior to March of 2020? Right. I mean, things were booming. Yep. I mean, reselling, there was no better time in my young 40 year experience to get into reselling than like 2012 to like 2020. Yeah. So like the point I'm trying to make is like, nobody's going to want Pokemon cards in the same way if we're in a, a really downturn economy. But who knows, like seven to 10 years from now, yeah. people will be like, holy yeah. cow, I wish I would have had all well, those Pokemon That's, that's why I'm buying right now. Because the, the thing that kind of goes against that idea of being inventory light. Like if you can, like if you have the space. No, and I'm the still money. selling it though. I'm not holding on to it. But 
the thing is, if I can recoup my money real quick, right? But you just don't want to be, you don't want to be riding the wave down. You don't want to be buying and selling, buying oh, and yeah, selling yeah. the whole way down. It's, yeah, it's like, you yeah, want to, if that. you can, okay. you want to buy as it's at the bottom and then hold on and wait until it gets back up to the top. Now that's yeah. the ideal. Nobody can time markets perfectly. Otherwise we'd all be billionaires. But if there's something to be said about selling everything you can now, so you have money, you'll be in a good place. But one of the reasons you want to have the money is that you have the opportunity to say, Hey, somebody's selling all of their department 56 stuff for like a fraction of what I know mm-hmm. it's actually going to go for when the economy goes back up. So I'm just going to buy it all, stick it in a corner of a, a <sighs> shed. That's a hard one to do right now though. Like you have to have the property, yep. you know, it, it's, it is. Yeah. And it's risky. It's yep. risky. It's not like, I mean, maybe with Legos, you could do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, even sports cards. Like I remember in the early nineties, because in the sport cards market right now is getting, it's getting wrecked. Uh, people aren't talking about it much, but you know, I'm watching uh, people on social media going to these sports shows talking about how, you know, pre COVID they could sell about $800 in cards. And that was like on average and something on a good day, they'd sell like 2000. And then, you know, when at the peak they were making thousands and now they can't even sell. Right. So you just, it, you just got to be careful because I had a lot of cards in the early nineties during that junk wax era. And I remember I was selling a lot of cards for good money. I, I kind of got out of it. I mean, I was in high school, so it wasn't like a thing for me at that time. Like, you know, as if, if I was an adult, but, uh, you just, yeah, you just gotta be, I, I say be super selective. If the cost is cheap enough where you can make a ton of money on the item right now, selling it, and you can have that other inventory that maybe in the long run will go up in price, then it's worth it. But if you can't guarantee those two factors, it's not worth your time. So, all right. Let's talk about some bolos. What's your bolo? So what's your bolo? I remember a conversation I had when I was uh, worked at DirecTV with one of the technicians. And at that time, we were actually going into the, a bad economy, right? It was like 2007. And one of the things he said to me is like, I'm not worried about a bad economy because everybody will always pay for TV. Right now, of course, we had no idea then what the internet would do to TV, but (laughs) the concept was true, right? In the sense of like, people are going to pay for entertainment, right? Like people, people will give up a lot. They'll give up going out to eat. They're not giving up their TV, Mm. right? And one of the things that that has kind of stuck with me is, especially as I become a reseller, is like, what are the things people won't give up? And I'm going to give a bolo, but I'm going to give a broad bolo. I'm going to give a specific to this, but as we're moving into the holiday season, as we're moving in closer to Thanksgiving, Christmas specifically, you want to think of the things that people do, holiday traditions, things people are willing to spend money on, right? Gingerbread houses, things, the parties that ornaments, certain ornaments. Um, the My specific bolo is uh, puzzles. I've talked about puzzles in the past. Now, it's a hard thing because it's you go into any Walmart Target right now, there's puzzles everywhere. So it's not like, hey, this is like a super rare thing to find puzzles. but the reason I say puzzles is I know a lot of people, lots of families, when you go into the holiday season, that's something they do as a family. It's like, hey, it's Christmas break. We're going to do a puzzle as a family. Really? And oh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's I a huge out. thing. So and different, you kind of got to figure out, get your pulse on what is it? What are the traditions people have? And so maybe they're used to using like old school uh, puzzles. And so they're willing to buy the old, you know, pre-owned. I I, I try to stay away from pre-owned as much as Yeesh. I can. Um, but I've, you know the new 3d ones have gotten popular 
There's a phase where um, like just pure black and white ones kind of got popular for a little while. And you can be at places like Ross, um, garage sales, various things and find some puzzles. Sometimes the older puzzles that are still wrapped that you find at garage sales are worth nothing. And sometimes like old, what is it? Ravensburger? Is that how you mm -hmm. Ravensburger? Well, they're in Q4. They're good. They, they can be really good. And the reason why puzzles go up is because people do them as they get them as gifts or they say like, hey, at the Christmas Eve, we start a puzzle and we work on it all, you know, while the kids are home until they go back to school or, you know, we are going to grandma's house and we always do a puzzle at grandma's house during Christmas. And so the, the, the kind of the general bolo idea, though, is what are the things people won't give up? And there are traditions that people have, especially when it comes to holidays, you know, advent calendars. Sometimes if it's like fancy ones that are like non-religious, like Lego and, you know, Harry Potter, those are going to do really good when it's the season is, you know, when the economy is doing really well, maybe not so much when the economy is down, but Advent related things, especially religious, when you're talking about people who are doing this for, you know, it's a tradition to do some kind of a, a gift giving or some kind of people will spend money on it. They, they will give up a lot of things before they give up their traditions. Mm -hmm. And so if you can find what are the things people buy for the traditions they have and and market your stuff specifically on eBay for that. I've said that in the past, like just throwing something like Mother's Day or Father's Day in the description or in the uh, in the 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 title, like great Mother's Day gift that can convert to sales. So think of things that people are, are doing and that could be a bolo because people will give up going out to eat People will give up entertainment. People will give up a lot of things before they'll give up their family traditions. Okay. What's your bolo? <laughs> I'm just saying I had no traditions growing up, so I don't know. <laughs> I need to add that I'm sorry. Um, so my bolo is, you know, I came across these at a garage sale a few weeks ago, uh, and I had known about them, but vintage Disney Hercules items mm. are good money. Even the plates. So I bought, uh, let's say, I, I think I bought four plates and I paid, I don't know, like five bucks. And I, automatically I sold two of them for like 30 bucks. Right. So the most you'll get, let's say you find the collection. I think it's I think it's a collection of five uh, Disney Hercules Happy Meals plates from the 90s. There, it's a hundred bucks if you find all five. But like, let's say you find a T-shirt. Like some of the vintage T-shirts from the 90s go for a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, maybe even five hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. Uh, some of the vintage uh, Disney Hercules plush can go from 30 to 50 bucks, maybe even more. So I don't know what it is, but Disney Hercules has a following just like, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, just like some other uh, Disney brands that are kind of not the up in front, the ones you think about. So definitely keep an eye. If there's anything that's vintage Disney and Hercules, it's worth looking up because you might find something that's super profitable. Uh, those plates I already made all my money back on, and I've I've seen the shirts. I've seen other resellers picking them up, and if, yeah, if you get one of those T-shirts, the single stitch ones, uh, you're looking at some good money. So, vintage Disney Hercules. All right, hey, uh, real quick, if you have a chance, if you're trying to source, and maybe you'll find some of this Hercules stuff, uh, jump on over. Uh, to whatnot but before you jump over to whatnot make sure to use the link below uh it'll give you a free 15 dollars uh to make your purchase seeing a lot of you obviously it tells us whenever people sign up through our link and a lot, a lot of people are just buying stuff for christmas uh, right now with that 15 dollars credit so if you haven't had a chance yet uh go to our whatnot link below sign up get that free 15 dollars from pure so podcast and uh either you can buy something for christmas or you can source something that you could resell for good money later yeah all right, so what are you looking forward to here? 
Uh, this one's actually a little different. So we're moving into those holiday seasons and um, our schedules get a little funky, of course, but I'm actually looking forward to, we end up doing a few days and next week is going to be one of them where we crank out a ton of uh, episodes where we record like crazy. <laughs> and man, those marathon days can be tough those when it are, comes to recording. Intense. But uh, I'm looking forward to it because it's just one of those ways to, it does two things for us. One, it, it gives us extra time to be together, to hang out, to be talking about reselling, uh, which is awesome. And then two, it's one of those things we talk a lot about on on the podcast is we put in a ton of work ahead of time. We're willing to to really hustle super hard, but then it gives us a little bit of breathing room as the as we get into Christmas and say like, hey, we can actually take a week off. We could actually take uh, a week and a half off from doing podcasts. And, you know, if we go real crazy, we could take a couple of weeks off of doing podcasts. Um, without losing any content because we've we've made the content we've worked and so i think that just goes to show that that the same the same things that apply in reselling working really really hard so you can have that free time later applies to a lot of areas in life so i'm excited i'm excited for that so yeah what about you so my good friends probably listening to this podcast that i grew up with but uh he has a lot of uh inventory he wants me to pick up and uh, i gotta tell you right now is like Probably one of the worst times for me to just do a random escapade somewhere. Uh, but, uh, you know, I want to hit up. So I'm going to drive up to San Francisco here pretty soon. going to be a quick eight hour drive. I'm probably going to be there maybe one night, maybe two at the most. Uh, pick up a lot of these goods. Uh, and uh, I look forward to hanging out. And uh, it's it's going to be great. I mean, you know, I can, you know, have deductions on my taxes. Uh, I'm not looking forward. Here's, here's the crazy gas prices are at a point where i have i have airline miles but me using those airline miles are going to be just as expensive as if i just drove up there now granted it's not going to cost me any money if i use the airline miles but i also like using those sorts of vacation so i don't want to use them up and plus i'm going to need a vehicle to drive everything back so yeah i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to hanging out i'm looking forward to the inventory that might be there it's just gonna it's gonna be a good time but uh yeah, I just, uh, you know, 16 hours and three days of in three days. I'm, I haven't driven that much for a while. And uh, I'm just going to be ramping up listings. I I still inspect, inspect, expect a great Q4. Uh, despite, you know, everything going on, I do think people will in the end just say, you know what? It's Christmas. I don't care. Slap it on the card. Let, let's get our kids what they want or let's get dad what he's been looking for. Hey, look at this item. I still want to buy it. And so I, I do anticipate it's going to still be a great Q4. So I'm going to, I'm going to list like crazy. I have so much inventory right now that I need to be listing and yeah, just same old, same old. So Amazon, I'm going to keep looking for that grail, but uh, I'm not seeing it, but who knows? So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. So hope everyone uh, was able to, you know, uh, just glean some great information from this podcast. Uh, we always want to keep it real, uh, but we're hoping that throughout this podcast, there's a lot of elements that you're able to go, you know, I, I can I can use this in my business or this is going to help me out in Q4. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Late. Peace.